You're listening to the audio podcast of the weekly message preached during the online worship service of Central United Methodist Church. We are located in Arlington, Virginia. You're invited to join us for our live worship experience through Facebook or Zoom every Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Visit www.cumcballston.org for details. There you can also learn more about our congregation where we worship God, serve others, and embrace all. A scripture reading from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 17, verses 1 through 8. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and his brother John and led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. Suddenly there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will make three dwellings, here, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, suddenly a bright cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud a voice said, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. When the disciples heard this, they fell to the ground and were overcome with fear. But Jesus came and touched them, saying, Get up and do not be afraid. And when they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus himself alone. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. When you go on a pilgrimage, the journey begins the moment you make the decision to go. A pilgrimage is a sacred journey in which a pilgrim hopes to encounter the divine and often experience a transformation. There are some traditional sites where Christians may go on pilgrimage. Many people have walked the Camina de Santiago in Spain. Other faith traditions have other places of pilgrimage. For native Hawaiians, Haleakala is a place of pilgrimage. They tell one ancient story about a demigod named Maui. He journeyed to the crater where the sun was asleep. And Maui used his lasso to catch the sun and make him promise to move more slowly across the sky. This created the long summer season there in Hawaii. Native Hawaiians respect the sun as the source of all life. The ancient name for this place is Alaheakala, which means the path to call the sun. In ancient times, only priests would be allowed to walk at the summit because that was the place where the gods would dwell. If you watched our worship video earlier, you got the opportunity to see a short clip of the sunrise there at the summit of Halakalea. It is a beautiful image, and it's one that inspires people. It's no wonder that it made the ancients feel closer to the divine. A few years ago, my spouse Greg and I had the privilege to travel to Maui, and we made plans to visit Haleakala. Now, not every travel adventure is a pilgrimage, but even for a simple vacation, I'm the type of person who begins to feel the joy of that vacation from the moment the planning begins. The opportunity to think about how we can get there and what we can do when we arrive at our destination 
Those are all things that bring me great joy. So I had the privilege to be creative in how we got to Maui using a variety of frequent flyer points to get there for free. And then we spent two nights there on the island. and We rented a jeep with the tent on the top. We planned to drive up to Haleakala National Park and camp overnight at Hosmer Grove. That would put us just 30 minutes away from the summit. We had reservations to watch the sunrise. I had looked at the options of staying in a hotel and having someone else drive. But if we did that, they would have picked us up between 1 and 3 a.m. from our hotel room. I much preferred to sleep on the mountain. So we made our way, hoping to see the sun set. And if you're watching on the computer right now, you can see the photo that Greg took from the passenger seat of our Jeep. For folks listening on the phone or listening to the podcast, I have to describe for you that we are looking out the windshield and we can see about three feet of the road in front of us. And beyond that is fog. Lots and lots of fog. It made driving up that mountain with incredibly sharp turns a little nerve-wracking. We wanted to check out the summit, so we went past the campground at Hosmer Grove, and we kept going until we got to 10,000 feet in elevation. This time, we got a clear view of about 10 feet in front of us, before there was a wall of fog that prevented any more sightseeing. I checked the morning forecast and it was calling for more fog and rain. It seemed like our reservations for the sunrise weren't going to be honored by the sun that weekend. I was so thankful that we'd made the journey up the mountain in a Jeep, and that we could drive back down the mountain and go camping at the beach where it was dry. I couldn't imagine what it would have felt like if I was a native Hawaiian person living generations ago who climbed the mountain on foot, anticipating a divine encounter at the summit, and I found rain and fog. Would I have simply stayed there day after day awaiting the sunrise? Or would I have left disappointed? Or would the journey still have enabled me to encounter the divine presence even without seeing the sunrise? Would it have been while marveling the beautiful silver sword plants that grow there and nowhere else on earth? Would it have been enough to be there at the summit and look out on a scene that makes it feel like you're on another planet, especially one that is so different from the lush and verdant ground thousands of feet below? On a pilgrimage, The pilgrim pursues the divine. But as Christians know from Scripture, God is also pursuing us. God is often found in places that we do not expect and in ways that we cannot imagine. Today's scripture lesson from the Gospel of Matthew tells us about a pilgrimage led by Jesus. Quote, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. 
In Scripture, divine encounters often happen at the top of a mountain. So when Jesus takes Peter, James, and John, did they go with a sense of anticipation? Were those disciples expecting God to show up? They had journeyed with their rabbi Jesus for some time now. But did they expect to discover his divinity there on the mountain? They would have expected their rabbi to be wise, to know the scriptures, and maybe even to have a gift for healing. But to see Jesus as he was, true human and true God, did they have a sense that he had been divine all along and they were now only seeing him as he really was? Jesus' face shone like the sun and his clothes became dazzling white. A moment later, the divine voice spoke by saying, This is my son, the beloved. With him I am well pleased. Listen to him. Peter didn't know what to make of all this. So he blurted out, Lord, let me make three tents so that we don't have to leave. It is good that we are here. The shining Jesus, Moses and Elijah, the cloud and God's voice. It's enough for sensory overload for any person. And then all of a sudden, it's gone. Peter wanted to cling to that moment of holiness, but it was gone. Peter wanted to grasp it and hold it and make it last even longer, but it was gone. Did Peter want to build those tents just to prolong the experience or so that he would have a place to return to time and time again to remember what that experience was like? Or did he want to create a place for other pilgrims to come so that they could have the same divine encounter? He can't comprehend what has happened. He can't cling to the moment and make it last any longer. Until this time, the disciples had not fully grasped that Jesus was the Christ, the eternal one present at creation. They did not experience his divinity until they saw him in his glory on the mountain. At the beginning of worship today, when I lit the two altar candles, I mentioned that we have two candles to remind us that the light of Christ is with us as we worship and that Christ is fully divine and fully human. Those disciples who traveled with Jesus would have known his humanity pretty well. They would have laughed with him, eaten with him, talked with him. And yet, it wasn't until they went on the mountain and saw him transfigured that they knew his divinity. Today, I think many of us are more comfortable with the idea of Christ being divine, and we're a little less comfortable with him being fully human. His divine glory was not present to his disciples until they went to the mountaintop. I wonder what it was like as they went down the mountain. Was it quiet as each disciple was lost in their own thoughts? Or did they pester him with questions, asking him to explain the mysteries of the universe? Or did the sense of mystery about who Jesus was deepen? Their journey with Jesus was really only halfway through his ministry. There was a long way to go to get to Jerusalem, 
to the cross and to the empty tomb. I wonder how often on the rest of their journey, these three disciples would return to that moment of transfiguration. As they drifted off to sleep at night, would it bring them comfort? Or did they stay awake into the wee hours of the morning, trying to wrap their finite brains around the infinite mystery of Christ? Humans are meaning-making creatures. We like to tell stories that help us make sense of this world. How did this story make any sense to them? Their journey with Jesus led them into a place of mystery. That's not a place we often want to go. We want Jesus to lead us on a clear path. We want a story that makes sense of everything so that we can move forward with certainty about what God has for us in this world. Lately, many of us have been struggling to find a way to make sense of the world we're living in. We felt the sense of chaos created by the COVID-19 global pandemic. Grief upon grief has piled up over the last nine months. Just this week, Hurricane Laura caused many people to lose their homes. Jacob Blake is likely paralyzed. And many are reeling from the news of the death of Chadwick Boseman, who quietly fought colon cancer for four years. If there was ever a time when people of faith longed for an encounter of the divine who will help make sense of this world, I think it would be now. But 2020 has felt like time and again we have gone to the summit waiting for that sunrise and encountered nothing but rain and fog. Mountaintop experiences are important in the life of faith, but they are not the most important thing. We cannot live our lives going from one incredible mountaintop experience to another. Even the saints and the mystics who are known for their divine encounters, they experienced life in the valley. Contemporary contemplative teachers urge people of prayer to show up with consistency time and time again, sitting in God's presence not to rely upon the incredible ecstatic religious experience we often have in prayer, but the consistency of showing up day after day to sit in God's presence in the midst of this broken world. When Jesus, James and John and Peter walked down the mountain, they returned to a valley filled with brokenness, chaos, suffering, confusion, and helplessness. If we had continued reading along in the Gospel of Matthew, we would have seen the story of a little boy suffering from epilepsy. The disciples who had remained in the valley had tried to heal him, but they were not successful. Jesus was able to heal him. He told those disciples, and he tells us, that with a little bit of faith, we can accomplish things down in the valley that feel impossible. The transfiguration reminds us that we don't have to go to the mountaintop to encounter divinity. Jesus was fully divine the entire journey with the disciples. Every time he was on a boat or sitting at a table laughing and breaking bread, his divinity was there. 
When he came down the mountain and he re-entered everyday life, his divinity was there. It may not have felt like the glorious experience of the divine that they had at the mountaintop, but Jesus was there in the valley. And Jesus brought his divinity with him and he entered the brokenness of this world. That is the power of the incarnation. Not just that we got a glimpse of God, but that God chose to enter into our present reality, into the reality of a broken and hurting world. Spiritual mountaintop experiences are an important and gift of faith. But for us, it is the valleys that shape our faith, renew our faith, and build our faith when we recognize the divine is here with us. Because it's in the valleys that we learn Jesus is Lord not only on the mountain, but Jesus is Lord in the valley. Thanks be to God. Amen.